Hello, hi, I'm the typical programmer and welcome to Tequila Shot with Zombie. Today we have with us the medical professional and incredible content creator, Cheerio. So today we are going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about normal health and we are going to talk about streaming. So how can mental health not only benefit you in your normal life, how can it actually benefit you in your streaming career itself? So why not let's start with introducing yourself. Oh. My name's Danny, or as I'm known on uh, Twitch, Psychocheerio. I have been a CNA for 10 years professionally, and I really, really love mental health as somebody that deals with it herself. That's incredible. By the way, if you haven't already, feel free to check her out on her Twitch, Psychocheerio2011, and also on her Twitter. That's at the rate, it's Cheerio2011. Now, one thing which I can tell about your Twitch stream itself is that you are very well experienced when it comes to communication. See, communication is something I've always struggled with. So I do my best. I mean, like, I'm really terrible with, like, feelings and communicating that. So I do my best. I feel like I'm awful at that. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Because I think communication is very important when it comes to something like streaming itself and the streamer doesn't actually see a person in front of him. All they see is a name that just pops up with something as a word. <laughs> so why not let's dive straight into the matter. Why mental health? Why is mental health important? Because mental health is, is very real. Having mental health issues is simply a chemical imbalance in your brain. It's, it's real. It may not be something that you can see or that other people see, but it's something that you know is real. And it's something that you feel. And I feel a lot of us struggle with every day. So why is today like discussing mental health considered as taboo? Because people don't like to talk about, I'm about to touch on a very sub touchy subject, because people don't like to talk about suicide. People don't like to talk about um, something that they can't see, some some physical illness that like you can't pick up on a scan or something that like it's just it's emotions. People think it's it's just emotions when literally it's your brain and you can scan a brain. And sometimes it may look normal, but it's producing different chemicals and you never really know. It's it's still something that's not completely understood. So the research is still going on when it comes to mental health? Yes, it will always be going on. And so what is the difference between mental health and physical health? So physical health is like working out, eating right, all that stuff. Mental health is your mind practicing different techniques with your brain and what goes on with your brain, what triggers um, and why you feel the way that you do emotions mainly that kind of can gauge your whole day. That's very true. So one thing which I I am very concerned about mental health is that many of us think that we know about mental health, but many of us have heard something maybe from a person who has heard that information in a secondhand way or something. So first of all, I want to discuss how can I as a person, if there is something wrong with me, how will I know that there is something wrong? Second, if there is something wrong, who should I go to talk to? So if you know something is wrong, if you if you feel like unexplained things, like some days I'm super sad for no reason, 
or, or like the next minute I'm like, I'm up in the air, I'm so hyper and then I like crash. Um, different things. Maybe you see things that aren't there. I mean, some people deal with this all the time due to other illnesses. Like it could be simple as a medication that you're on. If you're on any medication, it could be as simple as like a dietary imbalance. It, it could be alcoholism. If you, if you struggle with anything like that, even if you just, you just feel like something's wrong and you don't know where to go to, go to your doctor. But first of all, go to your friends, like go tell somebody, Hey, like, I, I don't know what to do, but more specifically, go to your doctor and voice your concerns. But I would go to somebody that you trust just to get those feelings out. And it's kind of like having that confirmation, you know, because with me, when I was going through my stuff, like knowing, noticing the ups and downs, I was like, is there something wrong with, am, am I, why am I different? Why do I feel this way? And it, at that point, nobody really had talked about mental health. So, um, we need to first talk to you, to the person who you sort of believe in or who you sort of trust in that they'll have the right perspective or they'll talk to you. Um, it took me a long time to actually get diagnosed with my stuff. So, um, I have bipolar and generalized anxiety disorder. Um, I was not clinically diagnosed until last year so i went to uh one of my friends which is uh chris um better known as nf um and i was like is there something wrong with me like i don't understand and at that point in time like we were kids and he was just like well i'm here for you and and that was that as i got older when i was in high school that's when like i had breaks in high school and i actually talked to my counselor if, you, if you're young just talk to a counselor too like that's what they're there for and she had me take a test and it put me on the depression scale so and with that like i pretty much told my parents and communicated with them and they were very open and they were honest about their depression but we've never had that conversation. So that was, that was interesting. The conversation is very important. That's true. But one thing which I can say about conversation is that again, this was a question from our viewers. Many people are secretive and many people are open book. Like a person like me, I'm a very secretive person. So what's better to be secretive or to be open book? A balance. A balance. A balance. Because some people that share too much information, like me, I mean, I feel like I have a balance, but sometimes I share a little too much. Um, it's okay to keep things to yourself that you don't want to talk to other people about. But when it comes to things like, I, I feel like I want to hurt myself. That is something you should tell somebody. It's a way to get it out. But like, everybody feels this way at some point in time. Well, most people do. Um, where they're sad or something. Just, just get it out. The other thing is, is being secretive. I can understand why people are secretive. I'm secretive about some things in my life because I'm not ready to share them. And it's okay. I mean, whatever you feel comfortable with, it's, it's all about what makes you comfortable, not what everybody else is doing. Now, when we talk about physical health itself, 
Sometimes it is hard to explain what's happening to you physically, which most of the people can look. When it's like I I have a stomach ache. Okay, so what's happening in your body? So I'm feeling like this or like that, something specific or. But when it comes to mental health, not everyone knows that much amount of vocabulary. Not everyone is that much well versed talking about this stuff, and I guess it will be hard communicating from both perspective, from a patient's perspective and from the doctor's perspective. Yes. So you have seen both parts from the person who is going through something and the person who is trying to understand the other one. So let's say something is happening to me. How will I be able to explain what's happening to me to the doctor in the most effective way possible? Okay. So they're going to ask you a series of questions or you're going to sit down and talk to your doctor and they're going to be like, "So what's going on?" The first thing that you need to say is I feel. First thing you need to do. I feel. I feel angry. If you feel angry for no reason or if you have points where you're high or low, they'll kind of know what you're talking about and they'll ask a little bit for more detail. And then they'll kind of go from there and see what other medications that you're on. Like I said before, for me, I have a history of cancer. So I have hormonal imbalances. But even before this, before I I had my ovaries taken out, I was dealing with depression. So I wasn't on any medications. The only thing I was doing was having a multivitamin every day and an antibiotic. And that's about it. Um they'll look at everything and they'll go from there. That's why your doctor is so important because they can piece together it's their job to piece together what works for you and it will take some time but i mean you give it a shot like that's the best way you can communicate i know it's hard to tell a doctor like because they're these masculine or these feminine like big shots that know all of this stuff and and they're going to look at you like you're stupid no if you find a doctor that makes you feel stupid don't go to them because I've done that before. I've had a doctor that made me feel stupid and I was like, "Um, see you later, bye." And then I eventually found my doctor, who's a nurse practitioner, who made me feel like I was comfortable with talking to her. And that's the important part is building your relationship with your doctor and also just communicating to them how you feel. I don't understand this. I don't know what's going on. Send help. This is how I feel. or if you don't understand anything you write it down in the book this is how i feel this way and you can go into detail and that's the other way to go ahead and present to the doctor hey this is how i feel this is what's going on and i don't understand it that's the best way i recommend so it's more beneficial to have a doctor who you can talk to and sort of maintain a relation right yes it's it's very because that's somebody who trusts that's someone who is fits your style like for me um the doctor that i found was very understanding very kind and she was very calm and was like okay we've got this nice soft tone sometimes that matters sometimes it could be a male or a female some people prefer women over men and vice versa it it all depends so uh, one thing which i actually wanted to talk about is during this times of covid many people have came to understand the uh, actual benefit you can say mm-hmm. or how much dependent they are on relations or friendship so how does friendship 
affect your mental health? We, as human beings, are naturally social creatures. Probably heard this a million times. Now, this is not going to be like uh, concrete. This is just things that I've heard um, around in like the healthcare community and my my coworkers and friends that I've talked to. That when COVID hit, a lot of nursing homes, their senior cares, like the people, uh, the Alzheimer's patients that couldn't roam around, they died. They didn't have social interaction. And it was really sad because they had to stay in the room and they just faded. And it's terrible to say, but social interaction is very important. And even if you don't feel like you can talk to anybody, you don't even need to talk. You can sit on Spotify and listen to music with somebody. Like, that's my favorite thing to do with one of my friends. Just, we don't need to talk. We just listen to Spotify music. You be the DJ and I don't have to think about anything. Like, just little things. Friendship is very important. Somebody that you can trust, somebody that you can talk to, somebody that you can laugh with and hang out with, whether it's in person or online. So you told that uh, you used to have someone like uh, hearing Spotify songs together? Yeah, I um, I, I do. I have a friend. So is it just having the feeling or knowing that there is someone there? It's just knowing that someone's there. And uh, you talked about all the people who had Alzheimer and that happened to them. Yeah. So that happened because of the isolation they had, right? Yeah, because they need contact. They need contact. They need to be able to see, to touch, and they weren't able to roam around because uh, some Alzheimer's and dementia patients, they wander. We classify them as wanderers. They just wander around. They don't know where they're going. Some people had previous jobs as like a janitor or like a teacher or like just a mom. And because of like them seeing things like children or whatever, like experiencing their past life and they can't wander around and go clean things. They they have to stay in the room and that just, just shuts them down. One thing which I actually want to talk about is uh, how many people still, I mean, uh, most of my friends that I have, they technically had communication set up with me. They had communication built up with me. But still many of them, they were saying that a human to human interaction is what they needed. So why, I mean, literally now I'm talking to you, there are so many viewers who are listening to us on different platforms. So we are technically there. Still, why is like human to human interaction or physical contact that important? Because we crave physical contact. We just do. It's us as human nature where we like we're made to be around other people. Physical contact is a big part of that. Like whether it's intimate contact, whether it is just plutonic touch says everything and it's a big thing it's communicating without words you you touch someone's hand like hey i'm here for you or you hug someone like you're loved you're cared about or if you just eye contact and just like brushing someone's hand or touching their shoulder it can say things without words like i'm aggressive or i'm strong or i care about you or hey are you okay so that's some sort of non-verbal communication right yeah and that builds up more trust than a virtual meet yeah sometimes because it's physical contact everybody's needs are different but us as humans crave physical contact 
Now talking about physical contact, let's uh, say for me, I I have always been an introvert my entire life, so it's very hard for me to talk to someone who is physically live in front of me. So for example, if you were live in front of me, I wouldn't have been that maybe comfortable talking to you about all this stuff or asking <laughs> you questions. But for me to talk, let's say in front of a camera, in front of a screen, it's very simple for me to talk. So why is it so that for some people physical contact is so important and for some being online it feels very different like I am talking to you but I won't have been this comfortable normally so what is that virtualization changes in the entire perspective barrier you can control your environment that's the big thing control like I can run away when I'm done talking to you if I'm standing in front of you can't run away <laughs> So uh, how long have you been into medical? You have been working in medical professionally for? Professionally for 10 years. And as a non-professional? Um, so it's like 11 or 12. So you have more than a decade experience. So now let me ask you a question. Going through mental problems as a patient and seeing it happen as a medical person. Mm -hmm. What is the difference? So as a patient, depending on where you go, depending on who you interact with, will depend on the treatment that you get. When I was in psych, I was in psych for like overnight. Um, everybody was super nice and they, they were super calm and comfortable. They were like trying to give me food. And I mean, it really depends on where you go, but they were trying to give me food and they were very calm in the way they talked to me, but they were kind of like firm, like, hey, you know, I'm in charge, but I'm here to help you. As a healthcare worker, you have to have like that boundary. You can't tell them your experiences. You can't be specific. You can be very general. And I understand. We can't get into the feelings when it comes to, to mental health. We really can't. It's almost interpersonal. And it sucks because we have to be that way. We have to like create that barrier between patients. There is always there is always a professional barrier. But when you are the patient, you are sort of a little bit vulnerable. But actually it does help you, I guess, in, in during communication. Yeah, and it also helps because I am from a medical background. If I wasn't, it'd be different as a patient trying to communicate to a healthcare worker. Like some of them look down on you. Some of them are very indifferent. Some of them understand. So your interactions are different. But it is scary either way, both for patient and for healthcare worker, because patients can be quite un unpredictable. They can swing at you for no reason. They could just snap. And as a patient, it's scary because you're isolated away from your friends, away from your family, and you're trying to get better. So there are problems and there are perspectives on both the side. But at the end of the day, hospital is just one place where both trying in together to make it a better day for both of them. So that that at the end of today is beautiful. Uh, to be fair, hospitals have heard more true prayers than temples or churches or mosques combined. So now let's go on to the juicy stuff. Why is medical health so expensive? Medical health is so expensive. Mental health is so expensive. Yep, 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 yep. Because it takes a special kind of doctor to examine your brain. They have to take certain classes and it's a whole marathon. And it's also really not widely understood still to this day. And sometimes it's just for money. Let's be real. Depends. Depends on the doctor. 
depends on the training, depends on the schooling, depends on the medications they put you on, depends on where you go because they can charge you as much as they want. <laughs> let's be completely honest. That is one thing. So for let's say the people out there, for a normal person, mental health is considered as taboo. Talking about mental health, is there any perspective when it comes to all the other forms of doctors? Let's say someone is a surgeon. Yeah, because from my understanding, uh, like surgicals, they're sliced and dice. Uh, you've got medical and surgical and pediatrics. So those nurses, they'll work their ass off, bless them, because they deal with all walks of life. Most of them, they see mental health as like a real thing because it can stem from other things like alcohol withdrawal. Did you know if you're an alcohol withdrawal, if you're a heavy drinker and you completely cut off alcohol, cold turkey, you can see things. Hallucinations? Yeah, you can have hallucinations, delusions, seizures. That's why it's important for people to go to rehab. If you're a heavy drug or alcohol user and you quit cold turkey, it's a little dangerous. It can be a little dangerous. It's very important because um, I believe they put you on different drugs to help kind of taper and help um, with the withdrawal symptoms. But some people drink because they're depressed or they have PTSD, mental health. One thing leads to another. It's important that we talk about this. You're telling that if someone has any addiction, they should go to the rehab. But from a person's perspective, from a citizen's perspective, people think if you're going to rehab, there is something very wrong with you. Just stop drinking. Just stop smoking. Don't go to rehab. So that's literally the inverse of what they should be doing. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, I want you to stop breathing. You need to breathe. They need alcohol. Our body has adjusted to needing alcohol. And like, that's, that's it. Like, it's accustomed to it. And when it doesn't have that, like, same thing with nicotine. Like, if you go through a nicotine withdrawal, you can go through, through nicotine withdrawal and you can have mood swings. You can, you can be irate. You can be tired. You can go through all of that stuff. Same thing with um, alcohol withdrawal. But it's the difference between some people drink like a gallon a day or like a fifth a day or so on. It's just their body getting used to that nicotine or that alcohol and then you just stopping is like hitting a brick wall they're like what what is this and your body just doesn't know what to do so there's no that's another thing um rehab should not be a stigma like like it shouldn't be taboo you're going to get help what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that you're doing a good thing you're helping yourself and you're helping everybody around you. Like, say you go, like, manic one day and you just, like, I don't know, tear your clothes off in a street. I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, it happens. Like, we've had people stop taking medications that you're supposed to be taking. Like, cold turkey, when it comes to, like, antidepressants and stuff, you can't do that. Okay, so another thing which I actually wanted to talk about is that many people don't consider this. So let's say now because because of COVID, people know a lot of information about viruses and all those stuff. But one thing which they understood is that after, let's say, a virus enters your body, it takes some amount of time for it to grow up and show symptoms, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a physical thing that's happening. Is that the same thing with mental health, like to conditions or any causes? First of all, what are the causes of mental issues? And is there like a time that it takes you to see those symptoms or to feel it? Everybody is different. For me, um, I was experiencing like this stuff when I was like 12 or 13. And 
I mean, I have like a past and you could come from a regular background. Like you don't have to be like a tortured soul. You could be a normal person and it just, there's no rhyme. There's no reason. It just happens. But we can work upon it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can definitely work upon it and we can definitely work together to talk about mental health more. Like, because there's nothing wrong with it. It is medical. It is part of us. It is part of what makes us human. It is what it is. Like, I don't understand the stigma. Like, there's nothing negative that needs to be. It needs to be talked about more. Because if we don't talk about it, then it's never going to change. On the topic of actually talking about it, many people don't actually know. They just use the word. But what is the real meaning of therapy? Therapy. From a person's perspective, like therapy to me just sounds like go and talk. Yeah, because your job is to communicate and their job is to ask questions. And then that way they can figure out what's going on with your brain and how you feel and if there's triggers. And it's it's complex. Like when I was talking to the therapist about my life and how much it's changed and what I've been through, like I've been through abuse and I have been through a lot of like abandonment issues like because my mom um she she dropped me off with my grandma when I was little I mean and she she came back but I mean she was 17 she was young she just eventually like I got adopted by my parents but I always have that like abandonment issue like somebody's gonna leave me because like I, I don't feel loved or like I don't feel like I'm important and it could be past stuff like that, or it could be, you could have a normal life. And you talk about those experiences, you talk about your feelings. That's the big thing that gets people is communication. Communication is so important because if you don't speak up and say something, no one's ever going to know. And it's the therapist's job to take all of that and your symptoms, your feelings, all of that stuff, package it up and figure out what to do next. That's that's all you can do is just start talking. Because if you don't say anything, no one will ever know. So from our side, it's just start talking. So starting to talk or explain or express is the hardest part when it comes to mental strength. So did you started talking before uh, you were into medical field or after you were into medical field? Right in the middle. So before I... Uh, so when I took that depression test when I was in high school, that's when I started talking about it. I talked to my very few of my best friends. I was trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And I was afraid to go to my parents, actually. I was terrified. And at that point, like, I had a boyfriend that put his hands on me and I was dealing with that. And I was 16. So, you know, raging hormones. And then little did I know, I had a large tumor growing inside of me so I had all this stuff going on not knowing about it and I, I had no clue I'm glad I talked to my friends about it because they've saved my life more than once talking to you you feel like one of the most open person I ever talked to like literally ever and it takes a person who talks a lot or who talks freely so that if they go through anything they'll be able to handle it because maybe there, there is something that physical which may be fixed in your body, but that mental scar may still remain there forever. And it will. 
And you may deal with things like I do where I have to have my back to a corner, for example. I can't have my back away from a corner or like my back has to be to a wall. I have to have it that way because I have to be able to see what's coming next just in case I'm going to get hurt. Like it's, it's a mental thing. And like when I'm in public, I like... I look around all the time and I have to, sometimes I'm in public and I feel like I'm going to have a panic attack and I just have to breathe and I have to just release and let it go and make sure everything's okay. Cause you have some people like, cause I talked about generalized anxiety disorder. My brain just keeps going. It just doesn't stop. It's so nervous. Something else is going to happen. Something else is going to happen. The roof is going to fall. The world's going to end. Like it's like the impending doom feeling and it's so exhausting, but it's what makes me who I am. And learning how to cope with that is important. Talking is important. Like, I have to be open about my mental illness because there might be somebody out there that is feeling exactly like I do and is afraid to talk about it. What's there to be afraid of? What's there to be ashamed? I'm not. Hello, my name's Psycho Cheerio. I have bipolar disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. I've dealt with abuse, I've dealt with rape. I've dealt with a lot of things my whole entire life. I've dealt with abandonment issues, and it's what makes me me. I have no shame. You are what you have gone through, right? To be honest, because those all those stuff that you have gone through made you what you are today. So okay, let's 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 have an interesting question because why not? So let's say if I made a time machine and I got back into time and I asked older Chirio before she started studying medical or stuff, I asked her what is mental health. Mm-hmm. Now, what would have been her answer at that time, and what is yours now? So, your thirteen-year-old answer: What is mental health? And your today's answer: What is mental health? My my thirteen-year-old <laughs> self would be like, um, I don't know. And my <laughs> my answer now is: Mental health is important. Mental health is so important. It's You've got physical health, but your mental health is sometimes what affects you the most. Getting up out of bed every day, being able to wash your face, being able to go out the door, put on your shoes, put on your clothes, take your dogs out. Mental health is so important because the first thing you do, the first thought that you have when you get up in the morning is either another day, I'm happy I'm awake, let's start the day, or... I'm not waking up and going back to sleep. It really makes your day. It really does. It can affect you not only with your brain, obviously, but it can affect you physically. You can be shaky because you, you're having anxiety. You can be tired because you're sad. You can not be hungry because you just don't want to today. And then that leads to other things. Mental health is important. That's what I would would say. So now let's move on to something even special. Now you are not only a medical professional, you are an incredible streamer on Twitch. What are your streaming experience? How long have you been streaming on Twitch? I have been streaming on Twitch for six months. 
that's good half an year on streaming on twitch so covid has not only of course made us realize what mental health is how important it is but covid has also bumped a lot number of twitch streamers a lot of virtual entertainment or virtual platform so now how is twitch different from a streamers and a viewers perspective because i think you have been a twitch viewer for longer than you have been a twitch streamer right yeah long 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 so from your understanding from your understanding i mean how did you used to see twitch as a viewer and then your first go live button you pressed on it how did the perspective change um so just being a viewer was like really i was always admiring the streamers cuz i'm like geez i could never do that like they they were like celebrities to me pretty much and it was yeah it was something else and uh then one day i was literally on my xbox and i was like um so should we do this concert and he was like yes do it <laughs> i was like do you think anybody would want to watch and he's like uh yes so you were just playing with your friend coser a game and he was like let's stream just start the stream that's it Yeah, I just I just asked him. I was like, "What do I do? Should I do this? Should I?" And he was like, "Do it. Just do it." And I haven't looked back since. That's in that's a nice story to start with. That's a very incredible story to start <laughs> with. Now, when it comes to streaming, now a, per, a perspective of Twitch is that from every streamer's perspective, they always talk about Twitch as like a multinational platform. This platform is built for business. It's own it's a live streaming platform which surrounds the globe and what not but when they talk about twitch they talk about twitch as a person like twitch hates me twitch is so bad twitch always does this to me so why not let's talk about the relation between a streamer and twitch itself it is technically a one way relationship isn't it no no it's not you know what i don't feel like it You know why it's not a one-way relationship because you guys are giving me so much and I'm doing so little. I'm literally it's what I'm doing. Doing something I love, like why not entertain other people even though I'm not really that entertaining. Oh, okay, well besides the phasmophobia stuff, that's that's hilarious, okay? Haha, ha. it's so hilarious. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> phasmophobia. A plus mental health. So now now when when I actually talk to a lot of streamers they always talk about which game to play or which game will get the most retention or viewership or something but what they usually don't talk about is the health aspect the mental health aspect because one thing which I don't actually understand till date is um what is like alone time because every Twitch streamer needs an alone time But yeah that's true that's true as a viewer you don't see that as a viewer you see that the person is 6 hours on stream but then after that you are all you just shut down yourself for about 2 hours because sometimes your body needs it i don't know why and then a break like um many times this happens to a person that they, they are like okay i'll make content for one one month straight it will be awesome it will be great they make content for one month straight and then they can't think of anything suddenly they uh, their creativity sort of blacks out they take a break for weeks and weeks and weeks and then they come 
and then they are always like that you need to take breaks regularly or else you won't be able to stream so burnout yeah burnout exactly so now let's talk about the medical aspect of streamers so from from a medical perspective how do you see streaming as a career that a person is creating content they are technically are they technically are working an 8 hour job or just maybe for 3 hours they are streaming for rest 5 hours they are creating content and most of the time they are in front of computer or talking to people on usually streamers are notorious for not having that much amount of sort of physical life or outside life so does a medical perspective have any comments on a streamer's life are they happy it's my first question if they're happy you do you if you're not don't don't do it if you don't want to do it don't don't play a game continuously like jump king because uh because it gets the most viewers don't um okay don't shots of shots have been fired ladies and gentlemen if you don't like to play if you don't like to play it don't it's what a <laughs> i was so, waiting for you to be like yeah yeah <laughs> it is one thing but also to be fair when it come like people uh, if if a person is considering twitch as their sole income or full time twitch streamer so usually if you work something you won't 100% love your work so why is it so is it because like a twitch stream is considered as a creative industry then rather a corporate industry because corporate is just like they need a body okay they just need a freaking body so many people are looking for like jobs right now that's that's literally that's it it's just they need a body and i mean not all corporate industries are the same but i mean this is just my feeling this is not like an actual like this isn't clinically proven but they need a freaking body it's what they need and when that body disappears they'll get another one because there's always somebody that needs a job and on the other hand uh, something like twitch is very personality driven like if if i'll change a game people won't change the streamer they will change their game to watch the streamer because it's very personality driven it's all about me at that moment so now now when we are talking about twitch streamers there is one stream that we need to talk about each and every single time that's very important 24 hour streams So from a medical perspective how do you see a person that says that I need to make continuous content for 24 hours I will be there in front of camera streaming straight for 24 hours maybe have 15 minutes of break here or there how does that looks as a medical perspective from a medical perspective No one to say for 24 hours that's the person that is absolutely garbage with their sleeping schedule because it does affect your mental health. It really it messes with a lot of people with mental health issues to be fair. It's it's really important for us to get at least enough sleep because that messes with our brains incredibly. Especially with somebody with bipolar, like even working with night even working night shift, that is a terrible idea for me. It also depends to a person, right? Some persons like nighttime, some persons like morning time. 
but again 24 hours stream is like you need to have ones like it's 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 a necessity so so is so let's say if a person has 24 hours stream they are not literally going to stay on the screen for 24 straight hours they're, they are going to have some break right so let's say if a person has breaks in between if a person can have some interval between how much of an interval do you recommend there should be what should be the frequency of intervals and what should a person do in midst those intervals for them to be as fresh as possible every two hours every two hours because you're staring at a screen for two hours you probably need to get up and move around to get because you're sitting in one place for so long and you don't want to do that it's it's about circulation that's the main thing we've seen patients at the hospital we have these things called scds they are little like inflatable leg cuffs and they use pressurized air and they expand and compress to circulate the blood in the bottom of their legs to prevent blood clots along with um some other like anticoagulant but that's that's a whole another story you don't need to know about that anyways you're circulating and you need to keep the blood pumping so stand up every two hours move around move your butt because that's how your butt gets sore <laughs> as hell you're just sitting in one place or you're like playing a game and you're you're like glued to your chair and you're like i'm so scared like your muscles are tense like take a break dude walk around go outside go grab some water Just take a break your eyes off the screen. Take a moment. Every two hours. What I recommend. And what are sort of the dietary suggestions? Like what should a person consume before 24 hour stream? Uh, when 24 hour stream is happening and after? Because many people, what they usually do, they have a 24 hour stream. They'll just sleep for two days straight. <laughs> they are like, I'm, I'm just sleeping for the entire day. And that messes up with their brain a lot. That messes up their schedule their brain and they can't create anything for next week or something dude if you're doing a 24-hour stream you should you should nap 24 hours straight you do you but like get a nap in there okay like your mind needs to reset that's the key thing that's why people always complain about not having sleep your body needs rest your brain needs rest it's you're rebooting when you're sleeping your mind is rebooting and what should we eat before 24-hour streams or while 24-hour streams? Your body is going to be tired. It's going to crave a lot of carbs. It's going to need that sugar. It's going to need a lot of a lot of sugar. That's that's what it needs to keep going, to keep staying awake. Many people usually say don't, uh, don't have that much amount of sugar, but have a lot of caffeine. Yeah, and don't. some of them say don't have that much amount of caffeine because it's bad. Instead, have something else. In some people say, eat spicy food because that might keep you up. Keeps your blood circulating. <laughs> yep, that's true. But I mean, like for me, I don't know. Like when I did my 20, 23, 24, and 30, it just happened. I didn't eat anything different. <laughs> it just kind of happened. I mean, the best thing you can do is eat less carbs and less sugar. But your sugar is what's going to keep you going. So it's caffeine. But I mean, it all depends on the person. Some people can go 24 hours and that's their normal and they sleep for two or three hours and then they're back up. Or some people are like struggling. It's so interpersonal. So now let's talk about money. Now, money is not equals to happiness. Then what is equals to happiness? I mean, how do you create happiness? That's a hard one because everybody is different. Once again, everybody wants different things. They want money. They want to be successful or they, 
they want to hug hell like <laughs> everybody is so different and it's it's hard to say whatever makes you happy whatever you aspire to do what is your top goal in life not even your top goal just your top goal for tomorrow like if that's what makes you happy just some people think of like five years in the future some people are like dude i just want to make it to breakfast okay like it's really personal <laughs> for me like i'm always going to be searching for happiness i'm always going to be searching never going to settle for less on topic of deep questions let me ask another deep question what keeps you going oh wow <laughs> that is so deep dude <laughs> um the first thing when you said that popped in my head like the first thing was my community first thing because i know a lot of them suffer like i do now talking about deep stuff um there is something which my dad always used to say but he used to say in a different language but if you translate it into english it's that i never want you to be happy in your life i want you to be fulfilled that's smart what is the difference when you feel happy and what is the difference when you feel fulfilled because he used to tell me that happiness always costs but fulfillment is free happiness sometimes is just is temporary it can be temporary like it can be a temporary emotion like you're happy with another person or you're happy with the content that you've created or you're happy in this moment being fulfilled is bigger picture you feel full you feel complete you feel fulfilled <laughs> and sometimes you can have both at the same time i imagine you'd have both at the same time but if you only have one it's you finally feel complete but not but not everyone feels complete now usually people say that if you have a goal you should always be unsatisfied with yourself so that you will always better and if you're not better tomorrow than you are today then you're not living a life so how's that complex in the sense of I understand the aspect of like you always want to strive for more. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't be so hard on yourself, dude. Life is hard as it is. <laughs> yes, always want more from yourself, but jeez, just like look around. You're breathing. <laughs> like just And I mean like not being satisfied with what you have and wanting more there's nothing wrong with that but I mean don't be so hard on yourself there's nothing wrong with being okay where you are right now nothing wrong with that so why is it that for our civilization it took so much amount of time for us to understand mental health the importance of it and start learning about it and making research about it because till date you told us that we don't understand mental health fully there are so many things that we need to discover about mental health so is there any reason that people always think mental health as a secondary as something secondary or anything else well let's be real can't see it some people don't think it it exists some people don't believe in that and some people believe in the idea of because you can't see it can't touch it can't feel it doesn't mean it means it's not real like you believe in god can't see him 
can't touch him. Why do you believe in the God? So is there a ratio between importance of mental health and physical health? No, there's never a ratio. You know why? Because both of them combined are important. Like you can have physical health. You could be as fit as a vettel. You could be really ripped. You could be, or you don't even have to be ripped. You could be just healthy overall. Good cholesterol, good blood pressure, vital signs, so on and so forth. But your mental health can be shit. And you just feel crummy. You could have, or you could be like somebody with disabilities whose physical health is like, I mean, they've got deformities. There's nothing wrong with that. Like support wholeheartedly. Disabilities, like you do you. Like they just overcome so much. Bless them. But like you could be physically unwell, but mentally you could be sound. And like, I mean, at least you have your mental health. Like, you see what I mean? It's combined together. It's the best thing. It's overall like there's no not one is more important than the other. So mental health and physical health, they both go hand in hand. And when someone talks about well-being, they should be talking about both of them. And so usually when we talk about now physical health, there is all uh, usually people say that you should always have a checkup once in a month. Is there like a periodic checkup of mental health that you should have once in certain amount of time? I feel like there should be like once every six months. I don't know. Go talk to a therapist. Be like, hey, so just checking in. This is how I feel. I just need to get it out. Am I crazy? No. Okay. <laughs> like, like I know somebody that went to um, a therapist just to confirm like the things that she was thinking, like how stupid can you be or how much of a numbskull can you be or, or why do I feel like, like, it's not just me, right? Like, this is stupid, huh? And sometimes you just need that confirmation. Like, that's it. She's not nuts. She just needs that confirmation. Confirmation is important as well. When you can't see anything, when you don't have that much uh, solid... Affirmation is important. Some people need that affirmation. I know I do. And so for that, people should go to therapy. Um, Affirmation? Mm. You can get your friends for that. But like, I mean, maybe, maybe. Like, affirmation is a thing. Like, you just want to hear somebody to be like, good job. Like, you're doing fantastic. Just hearing it. So... And not maybe not like even going necessarily going to therapy, but you can like, I mean, going to therapy just might cement like, you know, hey, I'm really not nuts. <laughs> but I mean, it could be like a once a year thing. But at the same time, I really can't answer that question because everybody's different. Everybody's like, yes, my mental health is great. I am fantastic. I am doing so well. And your physical health is garbage, but I'm in pain. Also. Leading into that, you could be in pain and like nobody can figure out what's wrong with you and you can be depressed. They go hand in hand. They truly do. So, but mental health, like check-ins are a tricky thing. Like basically, if you think you need it, like, hey, I'm starting to feel a little irate sometimes and I'm not understanding what's going on. Just, just give a little, just give a little ring or just talk to somebody that you trust. But I mean, if you feel the need, go ahead. I would think it would just be like a normal, regular checkup. Go once a year. So now we have actually talked a lot about today's what uh, today's consequences, what's been happening with COVID and what should we do today and what has happened in the past when people have neglected mental health as such a lot. Now, what do you think is the future of mental health? 
do you think people will start considering mental health important or what is going to happen people are because more people are talking about it way more people and i've seen more more and more people on this platform talk about it and it's not just me and somebody that inspired me to talk more about it the few people were like like my friend Mick G he inspired me to talk about it cuz he has bipolar and he's got all this past history of stuff that he struggles with dodgy doyle or scott he did a 50 hour stream 50 hour straight stream for mental health cuz mental health is so important to him i know that cm slaps uh when i first like, really started interacting um on christmas it was him and um amber and big boy bake um on christmas i was alone and bake raided into um amber and amber was like i'm streaming on christmas because i i know some people are alone on christmas and i don't have family and it's covid and they can't see their families so i'm just trying to offer some like some comfort and a voice and like i was crying i was sobbing because i was like alone and she raided into sam and sam was doing um a charity stream um it was about mental health i believe um but all of these people like banded together all these people continue to band together like like mickey like dodgy doyle and they talk about mental health and like i was so afraid <laughs> and why do i have to be afraid of dude Like I usually talk about mental health when it's Monday. So Fat Grumpet always has a Monday mental health checkup. But usually when it comes to mental health, when I am talking to someone about my mental health, I am usually fluent. But when someone talks to me, I always go blank because I don't know what to do. So let's say a person, let's say your friend, uh, has something uh, that he wants to take out. He or she wants to take out. and they tell that to you how should you accept or how should you listen or how should you talk to them about it questions staff questions you get to understand them better like on how they feel if they if they're talking to you and they're venting to you about how they feel at, just ask questions if they don't want to answer them i mean it's fine but you'll never know if you don't ask that's very true So if some so first of all if you feel something uh, you should always talk to a friend or a person that you believe in that you will be sort of free in conversation and then if someone talks to you who is going through something i should ask them questions of how they are feeling and then discuss upon it because if you don't ask you'll never know yep 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 and at which point would i would i understand that either that person or i need to talk to a doctor You can um figure it out from there. I would just recommend you yeah, just get it out and talk to a friend or someone that you trust and then go from there. I mean, the next step be after that like, hey, I need to go talk to a doctor because I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Be like, "Uh, we'll keep an eye on it or uh, I can give you this or uh, and it doesn't all have to be like prescription medications. It can just be different coping mechanisms. So how did uh so what actually inspired you into going into medical? I've always loved medical. I was I was putting bandages on my bunny and my stuffed bunnies when I was 5. Like I was playing I was putting those little toy stethoscopes in my ear, playing with dolls and GI Joes and mommy, I need to give you a a band-aid. Like, are you okay? Can I help you? I'm I've always done that. I've always been like <laughs> since i can remember 
so if you didn't had your ment- uh, medical background right now and we had again the same conversation about mental health would have your perspective been different today maybe slightly maybe slightly in the fact that i wouldn't know as much as i do but i would still be standing strong in my opinions you'll be you'll still be talking about what you feel damn right so now do you have a professional standpoint of talking when you feel what you feel because of um your profession lightly like very slightly cuz i cuz i know what it is i know what it is now i know when i didn't know i was like i don't know how to put this in words <laughs> like for example like the mood swings and stuff like i didn't know how to put it into words but now the fact that i have the me- the like terminology but even then like sometimes i get choked up and i'm just like my brain just what <laughs> So many people don't actually trust their therapist that you talked about that if you don't feel comfortable with your therapist you need to change it. So you need to actually try a lot of therapists and then end up on one. Is that one thing? Sometimes like for me I um I had like a company uh website that I went on to it was completely anonymous and I just called and was like I need to talk to somebody and they just asked me some simple questions like oh why or, or why do you feel like you need to talk to somebody is there um are you having any thoughts uh, uh, thoughts or feelings of hurting yourself or harming any anyone else at this current moment just like simple basic questions that i have to ask everybody and then they scheduled a time and i got a random therapist like i know and that's fine for me because for me i'd rather not have someone know who the hell i am I'd rather not know them and just like get it out. At the same time that's eerie to me. Like I it's a balance. Like I can't see their face and they can't see mine, so the anonymity is there. I guess that's a big thing cuz I did mine over the telephone. Standing in front of somebody would probably be different for me. I would probably have to know them. Standing in front of them will be a total different. Like we literally talked about how person to person. But yes, again many people would like to talk to someone who don't know anything about them. but for many people they won't feel comfortable to talking about something that specific or that deeper unless and until the person who they are talking to knows them about it so how do you find out uh, what are you comfortable with because at the end of the day it's it's talking about what you are feeling and you will only open 100% when you're comfortable every ways around it one you can talk to somebody that you trust sit a video camera down and just talk to them forget that the camera's there talk to them that's one way you record your conversation and that way you're casually talking to another friend and you don't feel the pressure it's one way to get around it you record yourself that's another way like face to face like on a camera because then you're not talking to anybody you're just talking to yourself third thing is you write it down I mean, you don't have to talk about it just you've written it out it's on paper that's that so maybe like a diary mhm i have one so where you write your feelings into a diary mhm and then what do you do with it just write it down i just write it out so is writing a diary a form of acceptance of this thing has been happening or something it can it can be a form i feel like it could be a form of acceptance but it can also be a form of like just venting just venting um and you don't have to worry about somebody else like judging you you can just write whatever you want on the paper however you want it's completely like free form you can write flowers you can draw things like it's just another form of self expression how you get it out self expression is important again uh, verbal it could be verbal non verbal 
and again drawing is considered into non verbal form of self expression right mm-hmm. so now this is something which happens to a lot of parents for a child it is hard itself again to express anything so how will a parent know that there is something wrong with their children so that's a hard one because i mean like it depends on the age of the kid because kids are pretty they'll tell you dude they'll tell you <laughs> but some kids aren't like that and that's with some special cases too like some kids have um they've adopted a child and they they can't they can't talk like they're deaf or something like that and they can't communicate and they don't know how to communicate that's a hard one cuz that's when you have to have like a professional step in but mainly kids are pretty open about how they feel or if they're not like it's tricky because you have to confirm with a kid and no i i don't really know about children <laughs> not i'm not like a pediatric psychologist or anything but some kids just need affirmation and to feel safe in order to talk to you i feel like that's anybody though and they'll open up to you if they trust you or if they're not ready to like kids are hard it's it's a difficult answer but the best thing like i could do is tell you to make sure that they feel safe and make sure like you they'll tell you when they're ready. You can't push them just like anybody. But mainly, they'll tell you when they're ready. I've heard that mental diseases uh usually they always keep on adding upon themselves with time. Is that true? Like if a person has a mental problem and if they don't do anything about it, that thing will increase with time. Yeah. Is that true or is that a myth? I'm an example of it. So it increases with time. and with time it's harder to actually solve it yeah now you can learn different ways to cope with it that makes it easier but sometimes it can get worse before it can get better like with all things as you get older it might get worse or as as you get older it might get better it really depends on the person mm-hmm. but for me it's gotten worse as i've gotten older because because i didn't talk about it like really talk about it. Like I would just say like I'm sad. I didn't really go into detail. Had a lot of things like bottled up. So this thing which may happen to a lot of people which may happen to you if you're listening to this is that uh if there is a sudden change in anything, you will feel it. You will feel that there is a change. But if there is some sort of a gradual change, if there is something that's been happening wrong with you for a really long amount of time, your body will probably habitualize to it. and it will feel then that is normal so let's say if something that has been happening to me for a really long time i'll be like that is how it does happens and it's same thing with physical or mental health as well so if in that case how can someone know if there's something up, up with them you need to see your doctor you need check with your doctor everybody's different but you won't know anything's wrong unless you communicate with someone i work in the medical field and i hate doctors i still talk to mine hey <laughs> i just i don't like it i my blood pressure spikes every time i go into like a like a doctor's office i'm not down for that but i still go when i need to so does knowing that something is like happening to you and let's say if i know that this one two three factors are happening to me and i know this disease is sort of like uh, complies with all those symptoms that are happening to me 
so technically if i know that i will when i'll explain something my mind will subconsciously shift to that disease explaining that i probably have this i probably have this i probably have this no clinically diagnosed you have to be clinically diagnosed always have to be clinically diagnosed by a doctor because you may think it's one thing you may think it's like um like an iron deficiency when really you have diabetes like it's a whole that's what they're there for that's why they study medicine that is it like it's what they go to school for to distinguish and sometimes doctors can be wrong we are all human not saying some doctors aren't idiots but that's very true that's very true you are humans at the end so mental health is very important and that's what we are talking about today and should you as well everyone should talk about their mental health everyone should talk about what's happening to them because the first thing about mental health is first of all respecting your own body that something is happening to you second thing is talking about it and third thing is don't think yourself as there's something wrong with you yes there is a problem with you but the best thing about it every problem has a solution and if you don't talk about it we won't be able to make a solution out of it you do have an engineer and a doctor you have a person from medical field and a person from engineering field right in front of you one of us is going to make instruments and the second person is going to use those instruments on you but the first most thing is to you to come and first of all accept that yep that this is happening and this is not wrong it is what it is and this can be better so one thing actually many things that we learned today we learned a lot about how friends like in a physical contact is way more important than a virtual contact and how relations are important and the same thing is not only with friends but also in your job so for all those streamers who consider twitch as a person and has sort of a relation with twitch i want to ask you how would you define twitch as a person If Twitch was a person, how would that person look? How would that person behave? Twitch as a person. Um. So Twitch as a person. Ooh. Um. Twitch is a crazy bitch. <laughs> she really is. She. She. Come on. Now she. Twitch is crazy. Twitch as a person would be. I feel like some person with long black straight hair. like you're you're like traditional like lust if you've ever seen full metal alchemist lust like kind of looking but she got a whip and she ain't afraid to crack it and turn into a devil she will turn on you she will flip your whole world upside down and she will show you what she wants to show you like with her little joker hat she's she wears so many faces like it's crazy oh well Now I can take that back. She's like a meta like like a um she's like a metamorphic creature. She can make your day. She can make you cry. She can show you music that is amazing or she can show you some idiot that wants to break his leg doing a stunt. Like I don't know. Twitch TOS, I mean you can go ahead and be in a hot tub. So like, you know, go over there. <laughs> But it is a really weird place. It is a very weird place. It is a very weird, unexplainable, questionable place. But so is life, to be honest. Life is also a very weird, unexplainable, and a very questionable place, to be honest. Today we learned a lot about 
mental health so if you have any issues if you think there is something wrong with you always feel free to talk to someone always talk to your friend and also if you ever want to talk to cheerio cheerio where can we find you of course we have your socials we can find you live on twitch at psychocheerio2011 and on twitter where else can we find you you can also find me on discord and that's about it cuz i really don't have any other social media except for snapchat <laughs> So if you want to talk to Cheerio feel free to go and check her out at her Twitch and Twitter. Yes. And you will find Discord information from there itself. Mm-hmm. So any last thing that you want to say to our viewers about anything that you want. Okay. So the last thing I want to say is if you guys need anything, let me know I'm here for you. I have struggled a lot in my lifetime for being 28 years old. I have been through abuse. I have been through rape. I have been through emotional abuse before, physical abuse at all. Don't be afraid to come and talk to me if you need anybody. Also, please seek professional help. Do not be afraid. Do not ever be afraid because it's what makes who who you are. It it's what makes me who I am. There's nothing wrong with taking medications. Do not ever be ashamed of it because you know what? Sometimes people need medications to get by and you may take them temporarily. You may take them for a lifetime. There's nothing wrong with it. What matters is at the end of the day, I'm happy that you woke up. I'm happy that you're breathing and I'm happy that you're with us. I hope you continue to be with us. And I'm so happy you guys came today. If you need anything from me, please let me know. I love you all. You are so loved and so cared about. Don't be ashamed. You are one bad bitch. Thank you so much for coming, Cheerio. Thank you so much for everyone who's being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, if the viewers want, you can check out Takila Shot with Zombie on many other platforms, including Twitch, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and also it's gonna be on Apple Podcasts. Links to all will be available in the description. so you can scroll down going to the about section and check the main website and this podcast will be there in many different formats audio video so it was actually incredibly lovely meeting you chirio we learned a lot from you and thank you so much for being here i'm so happy came i'm so excited and i can't wait i can't wait for the next podcast that you have me on thank you for thank you for coming have a nice day morning evening and remember In this world full of repetitive zombies, let's take a shot. See you.